everybody. Today I'm talking to Dr. Esther Zeladon. We're going to talk all about her brand new book, Creating Your Limitless Life. It's a bestseller and we've got some jewels to drop today. Welcome, Dr. Zeladon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. First of all, for people who are not familiar with your work, this is a bestseller already. Tell us who you wrote the book for. Yes. So I wrote the book actually for a general, general audience. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this is that when I was young, like I didn't, I didn't grow up with like money or means or anything, but I mm -hmm. went to the library. Mm -hmm. And so my mom would drop me off at the library. I wasn't allowed to go out or anything, right? A very <laughs> conservative family. Listen, but she was like, you. look, yeah, you know what I mean? So she was like, look, I can't, I, I can't buy you books at the bookstore, but the library mm -hmm. has sources of information. So I would go to the bookstore and I wanted to, well, one, I would read two types of books, one on trailblazers, like people doing mm -hmm. amazing things and, and how they, how they went from, you know, wherever they were from different parts of the world or, or how they got their inspiration to do the change they wanted to do and then how they got there. Right. So I would read those and I would be super inspired and it would keep me going. Even when times I was like, man, I'm never getting out of here. Like I would refer to those books and like, wait, wait, that person also went through this. They kept their vision. They kept their focus and, and, and did it. And then I would also read travel books because I wanted to travel the world. And so I would read them and imagine and visualize myself there. Mm -hmm. So my book was for anyone in that space, right? That has like this voice inside that is like, I want more. I want to do more. I have this, this thing inside that tells me mm -hmm. like, I, I want to change the world or figure out how, and I just don't know how yet. And like, I wanted the book to be a source of inspiration. So the book it could be for someone that like me at that age, you know, a teenager, but it could also be for someone in their seventies, you know, like I, I, I work with some people in their seventies now that are retiring. They're like, you know, I need to have a new purpose. I, I need to know what can I do and that it's not too late. Right. Like that. I don't have to just sit locked in like four walls that I could still make a difference and an impact and, and live out my legacy. Oh, I love it. So other than being a kid of the card catalog era back, you know, before library <laughs> had, you know, 50 million computers <laughs> in it, uh, who are you now? Tell us a little bit more about how that young girl became who you are now. Yeah. So now I would, I consider myself a, a trailblazer, you know, and it took me a long time to sit with that word, you know, like I always saw myself, you know, I, I used to think, wow, why is it that I'm always pushing against the grain? You know what I mean? Like, why am I mm -hmm. always doing that? You know, from when I was in college that I was like, environmental science is the future. And I was like, climate change is happening. And no one was talking about it, but I just felt it. And I was like, this is the way or in international development. I was like, we need to change the way we do business and listen to folks. And, mm -hmm. and instead of going in with our ideas, like listen to them, get out their mission vision. Like I always felt this wave of like, what is coming? So, mm -hmm. and then later on, you know, as I sat with it, I'm like, that's what trailblazers are, right? Mm -hmm. They're the first in their circles. They're the first in their family. They're the first in whatever that is, you know, whether it's, to go to college or, you know, you, you hear a lot about these firsts, right? Or just our business. I've always been that person that's been like trailblazing the way forward for those around me. So, but with that, right, I don't want to be a trailblazer that doesn't share right, their knowledge or doesn't help other people trailblaze forwards. So the way I see myself is I'm in the business of impacting lives. I'm in the business 
of helping people that have that trailblazing spirit inside Mm -hmm. and that just need to go from like high achieving to trailblazing, like push through, push through those fears, right? Push through Mm -hmm. those mental blocks, right? And realize themselves that actually they are limitless. They can do it and they can push forward and, and make a difference in this world. So you mentioned in the book and it's entitled, which I think is brilliant, creating your limitless life, that there was like a formula and step one of the formula was analyze my purpose. Then two was plot out the steps that'll get you in that direction. And three was align my actions with that. What if there's somebody out there who's just like, I know I'm supposed to be doing more, but I'm not sure what that more is. How can they really identify what their more is or where they're supposed to be blazing the trail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually that's, that's what I like in my book, right? I, when I started, I just wanted to write that formula. That's how I went to the the publisher. I'm like, I have this formula on how to discover your purpose, do the actions, the resilience piece, all of that. And that's what I want to share. And that's it. And they go to, they told me you have to share your story. Because in my story is where I talk about how I was that person. I didn't know what exactly it was. You know, I had read in those books, I was talking about the trailblazers about all of them mentioned following their purpose, but I was always left with the question mark. Okay. But then I, I still, you still haven't told me how I can do that for myself. What does that mean? Like, I think my purpose is chasing. That's why I have chasing the American dream crossed out because right. I thought my purpose was, oh, I need to help my family. I need to give financial stability or or I thought of my next destination check mark was my purpose. And it took me my whole life and realizing that I was helping other people do this in communities to discover what is really your purpose and what how do you really unpack that? And so your purpose is like a mix of things. Mm-hmm. And so I talk about that in the book, the formula is like eight steps, right? It's like first, like identifying your unique how-to, like how do you solve problems? And a lot of people are surprised by that because they're like, wait, doesn't everybody solve problems similarly? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that doesn't make me unique, but they don't. Like I asked this one question about if you had $2 billion, what would you do with it and how? Mm-hmm. And not one person have I met answers that the same. And that shows you that everybody's how-to and what they bring to a space is different. Even if you have 200 people with the same career or 100 coaches, 100 doctors, 100 nurses, we all bring a different how-to. And if we think about all of our friends, mm-hmm. we go to all of our friends for different things. So the first step is really like unpacking your how-to and realizing, first accepting that is unique to you. That is something I only bring to the table. And so, and where are the spaces that people are going to value that and that I can amplify that, right? So then it goes to the question, like, what do you want to be sought out for? What do you don't want to be sought out for? What kind of impact do you want to make in the world, right? What do you love? What was your childhood dream? Like Mm -hmm. what, and like your childhood dream, people focus a lot um, to me about, well, I wanted to be a doctor, engineer, astronaut, and I didn't do that. And they dismiss it. And I said, wait, 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 let's take a step back. Those were career titles that your your mind was able to, able to make a mental model with, with the characteristics that you saw in them. But let's unpack those characteristics of that childhood dream, because that is still there. And no one, even if, even if everyone answered astronaut, there's characteristics of that astronaut that is all different, right? Mm-hmm. It was just what we saw around us that matched it somehow. So let's unpack those characteristics. You're going to see that you have a lot of those characteristics 
And then let's think about what are the characteristics that now you want to show the world more of, because there's so many things that we're not showing the world. And so how do we unpack that and show that right to everyone else? And so these eight these eight steps and all these questions that go along with it. And I also have the accompanying workbook for people who like really want to dig deep. Mm -hmm. It goes deep in those questions to unpack all of that. And even goes you exercises of like contacting your biggest supporters and asking them the impact you've made on their lives. Cause a lot of times it's things you don't even know that you've, how you've impacted them or what you've done. And with that exercise, you have an idea like, wow, this is my North star. And it doesn't matter what I've worked in. Like I can go back to my life, even when I was a cashier in the supermarket mm -hmm. where I'm like, you know what? I was helping people then I was helping the other cashiers be like, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? This and that? I was doing that since it didn't matter where I was. Right. I was bringing that in. And I think people unpacking that they get so fixated on like my title, my space, or when I, if I, or when I get here, I'll do this mm -hmm. without realizing they've already been doing it. And so like, what is that next step of bringing out everything else you want to bring out to the world? And how are we going to do that? And then that's where the action planning is, like you were saying about the new year. That's where mm -hmm. it's really like, okay, let's take this. And, let's, right. and it's also, there's a legacy exercise. Let's take this mm -hmm. and now map it out. Because we always like overestimate what we can do in one year, but underestimate what we could do in five. Right. So let's really break it down and make it realistic and like less about the destination. But what's that one thing we can do every day? It's going to move us closer to our legacy, but already put us more in alignment because mm -hmm. we're showing up to the world in the way we want to and being mm -hmm. sought out for the things we want to be sought out for. Because just because you're good at something doesn't mean you want people to right. seek you out for it. Right. I always said when I was younger that I grew up and I'd be a doctor because I wanted to help people. Yeah. And even though I ended up not going for a medical doctor, I ended up in another profession where I'm still helping people, still moving them exactly. along. Exactly. And just like you said, I tell people almost every day um, on my morning radio show, if you have a destination, all you got to do is figure out how to get there and then focus on putting one foot in front of the other one step at a time. If your goal is to save $30,000 in a year, then okay, today what you can do is skip coffee and save the $5 from the coffee and put it to the side. And if you do that every day, then you'll end up saving more and more. And then you'll find other places where you can save. It's not so much about, okay, I have to climb this mountain. It's about crossing over the first rock in front of you. And I think that that's what the book you've written really, really does. It brings breaks it down and makes it digestible for everybody in a way that doesn't feel daunting. The journey doesn't feel daunting at all. The journey feels doable. Exactly. And that was a big goal of mine, right? I didn't want to make it for, it was the one thing I didn't like when I was like in academia, right? I didn't like mm -hmm. this information just to be for a certain few, right? I wanted to be that it doesn't matter what you know, what place in the world you're from, what financial situation you're in, what age you are, right? That this is for everyone. This is, mm -hmm. and this is not just like a, a privileged thing or a first world thing, right? I, I, I've worked with people everywhere. Everybody has a purpose. Everyone has a mission and vision. Mm -hmm. And it's just to show that anybody can do it any time in their life as well. There's yeah. a part in the book where you talk about you realize that everything wasn't your fault. And that was something huge for the people-pleasing part of yourself. There are a lot of people on this planet who don't even realize that they have a people-pleasing gene and that they have to make sure everybody else is okay before they even make sure that themselves are okay. How did that big realization affect your journey into who you are now? 
Yeah, that was a big realization for me that was uncovered in therapy. Mm. <laughs> and actually the exercise she gave me, because I was in denial for a little bit. I was mm -hmm. all about, um, you know, no, I just like helping people. I was like, that is what yeah. I do. And I yeah. have to, because I grew up as an immigrant. That is my duty, you know? And then she started unpacking it and started to be like, hey, Esther. Because, you know, we, we always need, I always say, like, even if you're coaching other people, you need to have a coach. You need to have a therapist to look at yourself. There's so many blind mm -hmm. blinders we have on. Right. And and she looked at me and she said, I want you, I'm just going to give you some homework. And I said, okay. She said, I want you just to tally on a piece of paper how many times people ask you for things that's it she's like and on whatsapp on everything mm -hmm. and i said okay and she's like i just want you to keep a tally everything like and i and she said even simple things like like oh esther i have a quick question for you or eh, anything she said big or small and when i did that tally 57 in a week Ooh. <laughs> and i was like it blew my mind and i said oh wow this is a problem. Oh, and my husband looked at me and said, um, Esther, I've been telling you for a long time. And, and I was like, Oh, I just didn't realize he's like, I have been seeing it. You're always like, you're a hundred percent responsive all the time. But he would tell me and I was like, ah, again, I help people. But when I tallied it, it was straight up in my face that, wow, this is something I need to control. And so when I started going, okay, what are those requests? What are people seeking me out for? Do I want, and that's part of the exercise I put in the workbook that I added in because I was like, you're right. Some of the things are super aligned with me and my purpose, but there's other things that aren't. There was a lot of administrative things or even like help me with this. And I started to be like, is that really helping them or am I enabling them? Uh-huh. Are you doing that, work for them? Yeah. Exactly. And, and then I started to, so I said first, like, what do I want to be sought for? Yes or no? Does this align? Yes or no? And then is it really healthy? And, that, and I think that last question of, is it really helping was the number one question for me? Because mm -hmm. then I realized you actually help more by providing the, the tools to someone rather than doing it for them. I had that conversation with a friend of mine who was a big helper. Um, you know, you get it if you're the first daughter, you kind of always am, are programmed to help. Uh, and she was a serial helper. And I talked to her and I said, you know, if you always do your children's math homework from kindergarten all the way up through high school, how are they going to learn two plus two is four, four plus four is eight? They won't learn if you always do their homework. I said, sometimes you got to teach them. There's ways to sum up those tallies. There's ways to do that. I said, you can give them the tools for it, but you don't necessarily have to do their homework. And then you have to trust that they will figure it out. And that's a lot of things that people pleasers don't really get. And I had to recognize that in myself when I was reading the book. I tend to want to, oh, just let me do it. I'll fix it. I'll get it done because then it'll be done and you won't have to, you know, do all of this stuff and put more stress on me because you're going to mess it up. No, sometimes you have to let people do their own work. You can tell them where to find the information or how to go about getting whatever it is they need, but you don't always have to do it for them, especially if it's going to be a drain on you personally. Exactly. 100%. And then it was like analyzing that too. Like, what were my reasons? Like, was I trying to be a fixer, right? Like, 
why was I doing stuff that even wasn't aligned with me? Like, what's the deeper reasoning for that? Right. And it's a lot of it that that was my way that I thought that it was the only way to be mm-hmm. loved also. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's the way I sought out love and validation. But then actually by, like you said, flipping it around and being like, I'm going to instead provide the tools, the resources, and actually set new expectations for folks like, Hey, actually, I can, um, I'm doing this now. If you need help with X, Y, Z, I'm here, but I'm no longer going to be doing ABC, whatever that is. And that way you don't even have to say no, right? Because then I was like, okay, how am I going to say no to people? And it's like, I don't have to say no. I just have to set new expectations and Mm -hmm. and new expectations of what I can be sought out for and what I can't. And actually I ended up having more impact that way as well. Right. So you also talk a lot about, you know, trusting yourself and your intuition, or as we would call it, your own discernment. And you've also traveled a lot. How does your intuition and being able to move and function in different areas and within different, I would say, kind of people sectors, how does that really strengthen a person or how have you been able to use that to your benefit? Yeah. Yeah. So what was my intuition was always to be kind. And I know it sounds mm-hmm. like uh, simple, yeah, but kindness, kindness goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And I remember climbing the ladder. People would tell me, Esther, kindness is a weakness and you're a woman and you're mm-hmm. a Latina woman. And if you, you know, there's what was male dominated field, right? And white men. And they were like, if you just are kind, they're going to stomp on you, walk all over you and not take you seriously. Mm-hmm. But, and at first I remember sitting with that thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should listen to them. And I remember like wearing like black suits all the time and trying to dress like a man and and all these things. And then when I, when I started to be like, I can't be unkind, Mm -hmm. this is what I am. And so when I would go to the communities, I was like, no, I can't just sit here and be like, I am the fancy external person and listen to me. I was like, no, I would go to them. I'd ask them, do you guys need help? And I would help them set up, talk to the organizers. I still, to this day, when I go to a conference, I look to see who are the organizers because I used to be an event organizer and I ask them, hey, do you need help? How's it going? Mm -hmm. And you, you can't, I I can't even be described to you just that, that one act of kindness is everything because they're like, oh, you're talking to me? Yes, of course I'm talking to you. Right. You know, or when I go on a flight, I give, you know, flight attendant gifts. And that's like they they're always treated bad, right? And so when you when they look at it, they're like, is that for me? Yes. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for your your service. And that is something I constantly leaned on. And that is just a natural part of me. And then it's aligned with my purpose. And that it just at least following that and not listening to others that, hey, I had to get rid of that was huge because it was it was part of me it's in alignment and it allows me to connect to people on a level that I think other people can't right mm-hmm. and, and and doesn't and I think all of us should we should lean into right. these things that I think are natural to us but we think we have to get rid of because mm-hmm. of society or because of oh my professional reputation and I say no if that's what's whatever that is lean into it that's your that's your gift that's your super strength I think a lot of people don't trust their intuition and that's where they kind of get a little wobbly in the knees. You know, they think, well, I know that I feel like I should be kind, but I don't feel like other people are going to look at me good if I am kind. No, exactly. whatever is in you is who exactly you need to be. You tried, you know, I'm going to be stoic like everybody else, but it just didn't feel right because that isn't who you are. 
Um, and I know that, you know, that comes from a lot of different life experiences, as you said, you know, being an immigrant, a Latina woman, you know, a mom, entrepreneur, all that kind of stuff. People would think that you can only get where you are by being super hard and super callous. But the best way to get there and maintain that is your kindness. And, you know, your integrity speaks for itself when you've been a kind person. Just speaking to people who, you know, think that, oh, well, I'm just here to set up or I'm just here cleaning tables. You speak to someone nicely and they remember you and they speak favorable of you. Exactly. And I know that that has had to make a big change in how far you've gone in, in business as well. Would you say? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I, I give this example, which may seem silly, right? But it was like, I remember even being in the embassy. It wasn't even about work. But they they didn't have um, recycling, okay? Mm. And I was in this thing, it was bothering me because I'm like, we're in this country. We should not be accumulating right to the waste, right? right. And uh, it was completely something under sight, but I was like, oh, um, I just want to, I really need this. And I got shot down because they were mm. like, it's not a code in the system. We can't do it. And I was like, okay. But I had developed all these relationships with all the staff. You know, either I would teach free Zumba classes for them, I would, you know, I would help them with their resume CVs in my own time and talk wow. to them about their personal, per, personal goals. Right. And I had been doing that across the organization. And all of a sudden they all came and rallied behind me and were like, we're going to get recycling here. Do you, is that something you want? And I'm like, yes. And they all came and we got it. Like they gave, they mm -hmm. put in letters, championed around me. And, and I was really surprised because I hadn't asked you know, I wasn't like champion around me. I have, I, they just saw that there was something that I was really like frustrated about, but they all came around. Right. And so I think that was such a powerful moment where I realized I had touched every single one of their lives. Mm -hmm. And when they, they didn't forget that. And even some of them had been years before in the moment when they were like, you know, this is a moment that we, I needed the community, like numbers, they all showed up. And I think that's what I love about it, right? If you show up that way and you take that extra time, you know, people are always like, I, I even read some business books that are always like, oh, well, you give value, you'll get value, you know, they'll give you value it's transactional. And I'm like, yeah. man, I don't believe that. I'm like, you know what? You just help someone give them value and the universe will find some way it will come Absolutely. back to you in some way or another. It doesn't have to be transactional. Energy is energy, right? You put that energy mm -hmm. out, that energy is going to come back. And, and, and because I haven't functioned that way of transaction, I feel mm -hmm. like I've been able to build communities of, you know, people and relationships that are actually strong, that are actually uh, nurtured, that are true. You know, that's like, I have friends and even, I, I can even go out in the Dominican Republic to a fisherman's village, you know, and I made friends mm -hmm. with him. You know, we go celebrate our birthdays. It feels like family, right? And right. when you actually give yourself out there, you know, you you can create those longing connections that, that we all desire. Mm. I love that you said you can connect with almost anybody, no matter where they are in life. And I think that's a lot of times why we go through things in our, you know, our upbringing and in our childhood and teenagehood that really helps you connect with people on any level, anywhere in life. The book is so in-depth. What are some key points that you want readers to be able to take away from it and implement in their lives? I want people to realize that they are limitless. And I mean limitless in every word. That anything, their dream, their vision, they can make it into a reality, right? And so I really want them from the book, from my own story, 
you know, to be like, look, I did it for myself. You know, I share other case studies. I've done it with other people, other organizations, other other missions, you know, other NGOs. And just reading those little segments, right? They can see that it's possible. But that all the most of the majority of the limitations exist in our own mind, right? Because we're worried about what other people think or we're or we're or the guilt that we feel like we can't go after it or we think it's too late, right? All these limiting beliefs. And so I want the reader to get out of there that that's all in our mind and we got to push through it. Because if we're actually each of us create our own version of that limitless life, whatever that is, I honestly think there would be less depression, anxiety terrorism, war, all these things, because mm -hmm. we all be living our authentic selves and not trying to desperately find somewhere, right, that we can belong or, or you know, hatch on to, right, that we'd actually be doing everything. And then not only that, but as we're doing it, right, we're happier and more fulfilled, we're going to be lifting other people up with us, right? Right. I love it. If you are happy, you definitely going to lift up the people around you. Where can everyone purchase Creating Your Limitless Life? Like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Booktopia. You can find it at any of your favorite stores. And it's online. It's also, there's two versions. There's a hardcover, there's a soft cover, and then there's also the digital. And the digital one, um, I put that one at 99 cents, the book and workbook, because I mm. didn't want anybody for finances to be an obstacle, right? Like how it was for me, right? So it's almost okay. like a library, right? If you right. you want this information, you want to do it yourself, it's there for you. And the workbook is my full coaching program. That's what I tell people, right? I know not everyone can afford a coach, can afford a mentor, or maybe too scared to approach one, right? Has mm. never done it. They, you can do it yourself. You can do all these exercises because my goal is that you can do this on your own. And mm -hmm. I know if you can do it on your own, you're going to help someone else do that. And that's the whole point of this whole thing. Um, so yeah, you can find it anywhere. And I do have an audiobook coming out in two weeks for Excellent. the people who prefer to listen to books. Listen, I am a listener, so I 100% <laughs> get it. Now, where can our listeners and viewers find out more about you? Yeah. So I have an Instagram page. It's more fun, more lively, uh, b.act.change, but they can also find me on LinkedIn. You know, I have a company page and my personal page. I'm also on, you know, I have a TikTok and Pinterest yeah. and Twitter, all the, all the social media channels and, and, and repurpose on YouTube as well. So any of your favorite social media, you can find me at the same B Act Change. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we do that. Thank you so much, doctor. I'm going to call you now Thank the official you. title, Dr. Zeladon for being all with me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much.